Hockey season is coming up, and that means new merch over at ourdragonsmerch.com. Get the latest designs and some of our fun new souvenirs ahead of what's sure to be a great 22-23 hockey season. Celebrate another season of River Dragons hockey coming up by getting a new look to wear on game days, or surprise the big-time sports fan in your life with a new keepsake that will make them a River Dragons fan for life. Order online right now at ourdragonsmerch.com. That's the letter R, dragonsmerch.com. We'll see you at the rink in November. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Two Minutes Roughing. Uh, <laughs> just to go and give you guys a, a little hint. Uh, I, we, while we're recording this, we're going to do this in one take, uh, hopefully. Uh, but this might hopefully. be our hopefully this might be our longest episode yet. I I was talking with Matt ye- uh, yesterday when uh, the Bobcats uh, filing came out finally in public. That's that's a whole little story itself. I said yeah. this could be a two-hour episode because of all the content we have to, you know, to go. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Glenn Tatulio, he decided to uh, – he's going to retire at the end of the season. So <laughs> we have some content to talk about. So, Chris, I know you have something you want to talk about real quick, and then we'll just get right into all the topics we have uh, for us. Yeah, so Matt wanted me to uh, make sure we get this out. Yesterday, one of our own uh, minor pro hero players um, uh, called it quick on career, Corey Simons. Um, spent a bunch of years with uh, Port Huron, played a little in the, in the SP with Birmingham and uh, Quad City. Um, been around the league for a while, very good career. You know, averaged about just over four goals per game. Great goaltender. Um, congratulations, great career on behalf of everybody here at Minor Pro Hero. And uh, now let's talk about Glenn Detulia. Well, real quickly before we talk about Glenn, we actually were recording in the middle of the game. Uh, Motor City Rockers and the Port Huron. Uh, I always say, uh, I always script the name Prowlers. Uh, they are actually playing the first regular season game of this Fed uh, 22-23 season. Uh, so uh, exciting from that point of view. Uh, and it's right now first co- uh, first period, 18 minutes 14 uh, seconds left in the period at zero zero. Shockingly. So uh, and there's a preseason game going on too. Yeah, you gotta love the Fed. Uh, that, that just those magical Mississippi little versus Columbus. Yes, Mississippi. Uh, the Sea Wolves are up two uh, two nothing. Did you see the pic, the video of Joe Pace on their Instagram of their um, uniforms of like how it would look? No, it looks I, I really did not. good. I didn't. I mean, I've seen the uniforms. Like, uh, I'll have to go back and look but at it, that. Like, yeah, it's very cool, cool looking. All right. So let's get into the first thing. Uh, Glenn DiTullio, uh the Havoc announced today, of course, that the Havoc being the Huntsville Havoc. Uh, Glenn DiTullio, a coach who, who has been a part of that organization as a player and as a coach. Uh, I want to say probably he's been a player since 2007, 2008. But no. Yep. Is it even that long? I, I, wanna, I might be screwing up the numbers a little bit. But it's been just with that organization forever. Uh, he announced uh, today, or at least the team did, he is going to be moving into a front office position, going to be the executive GM of the Huntsville Havoc uh, after the season ends. Uh, Stuart Stefan will be uh, stepping into his shoes. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you, as you know, kind of someone who's you know, not a Huntsville fan before I have my take, go. I'm not familiar a lot with the SP, too. Yeah, I, I mean, what, that, that's a name that even if you're not familiar with the SP, you know the name Glenn Tatulio. Right. Oh, exactly. I mean, when you hear that name, you think of winning culture, you think of championships, and you think of the Huntsville Havoc. And, the, and 
Glenn DiTulio is the Huntsville Havoc, I think, the last 10 or 15 years, for sure. I mean, that's a, that's a, I mean, that's a, <laughs> that is a point. I mean, uh, you, that's also something you kind of have to look at in terms of also, I mean, I think it was second year in, I think it was this first year uh, that, that he was not an interim coach, uh, was 13-14, I want to say. I mean, one of the Ooh. worst SPHL seasons. I think everyone knows about that one. It was didn't even win ten games. I think it was, you know, and basically, you know, Keith Jeffries, owner of the Havoc, he said, "No, we trust you." And I think Glenn told the story before. It was basically like, you know, he basically went to the front office and was like, "If you guys want to fire me, just go ahead. I'm so sorry." And <laughs> Keith was like, "No, no, we're going to keep you. We believe in you." And Right now, that that decision has earned the Havoc organization two rings, and has made them a, a commodity in the SPHL. So it, it's just it goes to show how powerful uh, Tulio has been uh, as a coach and as a recruiter and scouter. Uh, which again, going in with an, an executive GM role now, uh, I think that's going to you know take some weight off uh, Stu when he comes into the head coaching position because. How often do we hear about head coaches are basically a GM and a coach at the same time? I mean, even in the Fed, that's you know having you know half the job done by someone else. That's that's got to be a big deal, of course. Yeah, I mean, even at this level, you know, he he gets a lot of respect um, from many different people because of what he's been able to do there and the way he's handled it and the, the type of players he gets there too. I mean, yeah. He's gotten a lot of very good players to come through um, this team. I mean, I mean, an example, of course, of that is probably my favorite player of the Havoc organi- that Havoc organizations ever had, uh, Max Milosek. I mean, uh, mm. great guy and a great goaltender. And look, look where he is in the, in the, in the yeah, yeah the, look where he's in the coast right now. Starting starting goaltender for a for a cup contending team in the coast. Yeah, it just it, I mean it shows that for people a lot of people. Uh, Huntsville is a pipeline uh, to the ECHL if you're willing to put in the work. And again, it's going to be real different next year uh, watching Havoc games and uh, not seeing the uh, newsboy hat uh, in the uh, on the bench. But you know, yeah. it's, I, I wish uh, Glenn luck uh, with that, and uh, I'm excited uh, with Stu. I think he could be an interesting choice for the head coaching position, and uh, one that I'm very much excited for. So, yeah. With that out of the way, let's go ahead and talk about uh, <laughs> some uh, division talk. I was actually kind of surprised yeah. because uh, last week, of course, I kind of had the. Uh, I'm now that the I'm surprised there was kind of a lack of reaction to my Carolina um, was choice. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. It it did not seem like a lot. You of get people, any voicemails? Yeah, we didn't get any voice. It seemed like a I. I I hate saying this, but I wonder if a lot of Carolina fans secretly agree with me on that take, where it's like, mm, not exactly Ooh. sold on that. You, oh, you, you think differently, huh? Mm, I, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. All right, but... All right, what's... Yes, the Empire Division. Okay, first team, Binghamton. Yeah, this is a, uh, this is a good team. I mean, last season, their record was... 32-25 and 294 points. Uh fourth place in the league in or fifth place in point position. Danbury picked them to play in the um because remember you picked teams to play in that first round. Yeah. They almost beat the Hatricks. I mean, they were 
they were 10 seconds away from going to the second round until when Nikola Levesque, or when, no, when T- Steve Mealy put home a goal with, with I think it was four. So they were four seconds away. They bring back a lot of good players, a lot of interesting players. They signed a lot today. Gino D'Angelo, Tyler Jurich, Nikita Ivashkin, MJ Merkel, Josh Newberg, Kyle Powell. <laughs> this team is stacked. Cam Yarwood. This team is stacked. I think they're going to be one of the better teams in the Empire Division. Um, you know, they, they made some good pickups here. Goaltending-wise, they're going to have the same two as last year. Shepard and Liskowitz. Nick Liskowitz should be the starter. Gary Gill, they finally have a coach who can really like pay attention to this team in full. And, and Gary Gill is a good coach. So I'm very excited to see where this team goes. As a Gamer fan, no, but in general, I'm very excited to see where they go. Yeah, Binghamton is a team that I, I am interested in. I, I Right now, I think I, they're probably going to be top two uh, team in, in the Empire Division. Uh, yeah. I think they're, they're going to have – they have a great owner, they have a great coach, and they have great players. That's a, that's a triangle you do not want to mess with. So, Binghamton – And uh, they're going to have fan support up too. The, fa- the fans are wild there. Yeah, th- they have really great fans. I, I, you know, I was yeah, – there, there was a lot of people worried that – after um, the AHL team left, it was like, okay, you know, how's everyone going to react? Well, the the fans kind of said, all right, well, you know, it's still hockey. We're going to go come support it. So that's a it's a great thing to always see. So Binghamton, I think we're all, we're both high on them. Danbury, this yep. is of course your team, so I'll let you uh, take the spotlight on this one. So Patrick's finished last season in third place behind Columbus and. Um... Watertown had a good team. I mean, they had a really good team. This year, I'm not sure. Um, and every year, it's like this, too. And we've seen it the first two seasons where they pick up guys and they're waiting guys to come down from, you know, the coast of the SP. Right now, I mean, some of the young guys are decent. I like I like some of the young guys. Brendan Dowler, local guy who can play both forward and defense. Um, he's out of uh, University of Southern Maine. He's very good. Very excited to see what he does. Evan Lugo, who came in um, towards the end of the year, played in the playoffs. He's out of um, he's out of Sandy Hook, where we're in uh, Newtown, and very good player out of post, small guy, but he can really score. Um, I'm excited to see this Tiermelin uh, Skinjarov guy from uh, Kazakhstan, but the other guys they and Jared Yao, who um, has gotten a lot of hype as well. Um, another big thing, Billy McCreary goes back to head coach. He's going to be the head coach uh, for the second time running the whole operation of all three teams and next year's tier one junior team. They're, uh, they're going to have uh or not junior tier one youth program. That's what it is. Um, returning. They return a little bit. They here, here are the key losses. Let's go through this first key losses. Currently they have a bunch of guys called up to the SBHL, Alex Tilzuski, um, Johnny McDonald, Dimitri mm-hmm. Kuznetsov and Brendan Pepe. Uh, um, a couple guys in the roster here are not even going to play here, but they're they're under contract to Danbury. Brett Gravel, who's currently in AHL camp with the, with Calgary, um, Stephen Leonard, and um, you know I, I think here's the returning guys: Gordy Bennell, Dimitri Daniluk, Brett Jackson. Don't know how many games he's going to play. Don't know how many games Justin Gesto is going to play. Zach Lazaro. Don't know how many games he's going to play. Nikola Levesque, probably ten games to get playoff. In the playoffs, like he did last year, Mike Lopez, Steve Neely, Tommy Lee, home games only. Um, Tobias Ojek, who's a huge fan favorite, um, Kodiak White Duck, and uh, 
you know, the captain, Johnny Ruiz. I mean, he's going to lead this team. I mean, it's it's Johnny's team. He is um, he is their number one guy, going to be their number one guy. Um, still have time for them to figure out the roster right now. Um, you know, they have a week until first game. And we'll see how it goes. But I think they'll be a middle-of-the-pack team in the division. Maybe they'll contend for second. Maybe they'll, they'll be that second-place team. Currently, it's just they don't have – and this happened again. This happens every year. Then they have a great middle of the season where they have a long streak. I think they'll have that again. Goaltending wise, they have some good goalies. I've heard from what I've seen. Uh, Ron Rogel's been telling me because he went to a couple of the uh, practices during training camp. You know, Frankie McClendon looks good. We all love Frankie. Um, they're without Brian Wilson, um, by the way, too. He's up in the uh, in the SP, probably to be there the whole year. Mm-hmm. So they they have good goalies. The other goalies I've heard, uh, Parker Butler. This week, guys are going to really like watching as well. And there was another one here, uh, Josh Diaz, who played last season for uh, University of Saskatchewan. Do you know who their coach was last year at University of Saskatchewan? Wasn't it one? Um, oh, I always forget his name. Uh, former Maple Leafs coach. But, uh, yep. Yes. But Babcock. Mike yes, Babcock. Babcock. Uh, I, always, it's like, I always know it's like a Mike, and then I always still forget the last name. <laughs> it's like, uh Yeah, some so they're going to have him. I mean, he's a youth sports guy, so youth sports guys are good. But um, this team's going to be decent. I mean, I'm going to have bias, obviously, because they're my team. Oh, they also lost Corey Anderson. Did I mention that? I think I did. I'm happy yeah, you did. <laughs> um, I did mention they, they lost Corey Anderson in retirement. And there's another question here. How many games will Steve Brown play? Um, he's currently not on the roster. Steve Brown, I've heard he's going to play maybe just a couple games this year, so we'll see how many he does. He's now home in North Carolina. So, But he's 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 a guy whose who's name will be in the Danbury Rafters. So I'm excited to see, you know, how this team comes out in the middle of the year. Yeah, I, you know, look, I, I think you're kind of a little too low on the Danbury hat tricks. I'm pretty high on them uh, right now. They'll I be also, good. No, yeah. I, they'll be good. Yeah, I, I, I think you're a little too low, though. I think they're going to be, with Binghamton, one or two. I think that's going to be interchangeable. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty high on Danbury. They always field a very good team uh, to put out there. Yeah. All right. Elmira, new kid on the block uh, this year. Uh, a lot to kind of uh, take in, of course, for uh, former home of the Enforcers until that situation happened with the arena. Uh, now you have the Mammoth coming in. So what's your take on this team? I, I know there's some people who think maybe the roster's a little thin in, in some areas. I'm, I'm kind of weird on this team also, but I'm not going to say that they're going to be bad. What about you? I don't think they're going to be great. I don't think they're going to be bad. Um you know, if you look at their team right now, they have decent players. Harley White right now, we've heard, is might be their starting goaltender. Very good goaltender. Didn't get really a good shot last year in uh, Binghamton. So he's going to be good for Glenn Tamaris. Mike Cosentino, who I think is a very good goaltender, though, right, will be that number two guy. Um, offensively, they're going to have Christos Bormanis, uh, uh, Adamo Asselin, friend of the program. Um, they got this young kid, Jersey Gus. Confident as heck. This kid is so confident, and but he backs it up. I watched him play in the NA three a year for um, Bay State. Our good friend Jack O'Mara got to call his games, mm. and he can score. He is a, he was an NA three East Division All Star in the game that I actually PA announced the All Star game that year. But here's their big names though: Parker Moskal, who's going to be a player assistant coach, Justin Levac, and Yanni Liarakos. That's a good first line. Those are some good players. 
Second line, they just picked up Stavros Soilis. He was released after we recorded last week. Brandon Tucker and Kyle Stevens. They have a good first two to forward lines. Defensively, I don't know where they're at. They're going to be good. Are they going to be great? I don't know. I'm completely with you. Like I said, that roster has some holes, especially defensively. I'm not exactly sold on them. Uh, that way, I think this could be a team where they're going to have to score a lot of goals uh, to kind of stay ahead, I think. So, I think three is a very good spot because that's basically the middle of these each of these divisions. So, I would you say third's pretty good end of the year for Elmira? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I, I actually I, – yeah, but I, I'll get to my predictions when we get to the end, obviously. Of course. Uh, but Delaware, a uh, team that's been in the news, of course – uh, let's. I think we both kind of want to quickly get through this one. Um, no, I want. I, I want to go in a little bit into depth on this a little okay. bit. Okay, right. I'll let you. I'll let you have the floor. Not not too much into depth, but I don't know where this team is at. <laughs> I, I heard they don't have a lot of players right now in camp with them. That's what I heard. They have about. Um, they have a bunch of players coming over from overseas. I don't. We don't know if they're getting over here. No clue where this team is at. Just no clue. And they have a bunch of guys on contract to go up to higher leagues, but you don't know if they'll come back down here. No clue where they're at. See what happens. Not going to be a good team. There. That was my quick way of doing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I think there's too many questions when it comes to Delaware. So I think everyone's like, eh, let's just wait and see. So I think Delaware is at the uh, bottom of everyone's predictions right now. Their, finally, their best play- and their, their best player is not going to play a single game for them this year. Yeah. That's uh that's out there another issue. Barring a change, but who knows? Uh, then Watertown, of course. Um, this is an interesting take because it's the team that's recently won a championship, and they had an ownership change. They've had their coach leave. They've had a players leave. I mean, Watertown. I don't think everyone is it is exactly the choice for everyone to go back to back. Yeah. They have, de- I mean, they have decent players still. Out, I think um, they still have the Hussey brothers. Um, De Costanzo's still there, but they have to basically start from scratch. For some, in some cases, goaltending wise, they'll have Hussey, they'll have Chris Paulin, and they'll have maybe Shea Spanier, uh, who was the goaltender of the year in the Israeli Hockey League, which is so cool to say. Um, and they just picked up uh, Brandon Young. Brandon Young came from Mississippi today. They traded him to. Watertown, he'll be good playing closer to home too. Um, Justin Coachman's going to coach that team. I don't think they'll be as bad as you think they will. I think they'll be again middle of the pack team. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not saying like bad, um, bad, yeah. But I think, I think there's they still need a couple more moves. But I mean, who, who Watertown has the best living situations in the Fed. That is actually a fact. So some guys will want to go there, and I've heard. There's a storm coming. That's all I'll say. There's a storm coming. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. So, uh, four predictions. Where do, all right, first team yeah. in the Empire Division for you, and then I'll say mine. Binghamton. Binghamton also. Second. Danbury. I think we both agree on Danbury. I think we have a very similar Empire. Um, third. Watertown. I'm going to go with Elmira. I, I'm, I'm a little more wow. sold on Elmira than Watertown. Fourth, Elmira. All right, and then that's Watertown for me. And then, and then finally, Delaware then fifth, for fifth. I mean, Delaware. Yeah. I I just I I I feel bad 
for anybody there. And uh, yeah, mid season, <laughs> mid season, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Again, right. Delaware. I'm gonna, get, I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna get sued for saying that. Yeah, but I mean, look. Again, Delaware is a team that has surprised people. Remember, in the COVID season that, that, that got cut off, Delaware was doing pretty good. Uh, they were a team that you kind of had to watch out for. Now, things have changed since, but still, uh, if we could have that same kind of Delaware in- energy back for that team, uh, big different story uh, if you're looking at that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, now let's go into the to every, what everyone wants to hear us talk about for okay. the next yes. hour, maybe. Yeah, this is – this um. I, I have all right, uh, Chris. Do you happen to have the filing? I, I sent you that. Do you have it open? You sent it to me. Yeah, let me pull, let me pull it up here. Are we yes. going go line by line on this? Not exactly. So I just I just want to refer to certain things. But I'm going to tell you the story real quick. This while you're doing this, I want to tell I want to tell yeah, everyone a story. Ahead. So I want to give everyone an idea of how long this thing has been in both the can and the filing system, and basically sitting on a table. The idea for this lawsuit was introduced all the way back in March. Now, all I'm going to say is, if you go back and look in the archives of Talking Miners with the Rando, I did a certain show involving a certain team that might happen to be in this lawsuit, or at least this filing, around the same time. All I'm saying. I don't want to get myself dragged in. Then, all the way... So, this was kind of... Things were kind of building up since March. And then about, I want to say July, things were really picking up steam. And you're going to see why. We're going to talk about that in this. So prepare for that one because it's it's a doozy. And then August the 17th, I kind of, I finally was getting a little bored and I wanted to kick the hornet's nest a little bit. Uh, I put out a tweet about... This, uh, basically it was this filing, because I knew it was sitting around somewhere. I wasn't sure where. I did not have a number. Uh, but basically, <laughs> if you go back August 17th, this uh, it was the never in my life have I logged, in, logged on to pass, uh, Pacer faster each day tweet. Uh, that That's referring to this lawsuit. Uh, after that little tweet, <laughs> I was told by someone who was not in the Danville organization... Let me add that, or Vermillion County, I should say. Uh, I was told yep. by someone, uh, I was, uh, let me say I'm told, I was asked, in quotation marks, strongly, uh, do not talk about this uh, until we go public. Oh, so, Yeah. Um, now we can talk about it because they did yeah, go public with it yesterday. Yeah, so now we're, I, now I'm basically be able to kind of go full um, into this. Well, so, do you want me to, do you want me to read what, uh, Ellen posted earlier today. Let's talk about that at the end because I want to go through this first fully. Uh, that, that's a good wrap up. Okay. But, um, okay. So this was filed. The, the amendum, from my understanding, uh, was filed uh, uh, the twenty sixth of August. So this was yeah. this is this has been sitting kind of there. I've I I finally had the case number about two weeks ago, and I read this myself. I could not say anything about it though for a while until this was out. So, so this is, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, just to go and give you guys an idea of who exactly this is against, Vermilion County Hockey LLC, which is just, it, think about that as Bobcat owners. And then this is yep. versus. Think about Ellen and Co. Ellen yes, and Co. perfect. 
Vermilion, then this is versus the Vermilion County Metropolitan Exposition, Exposition Auditorium and Office Building Authority, an extremely long name for basically the David S. Palmer Arena. So, to, and whoever runs the other associated places there as well. Basically, the board and the arena, blah, blah, blah. Everything yep. in that kind of bit. So, I, I decided to get Swigor because I'm going to be talking so much during this because. This, this kind of stuff makes me so excited for some reason. So we actually learned about kind of when we had ideas about talking at least for the second go-around of this team. Now for those who are kind of in the know, uh, April 2020 is when we first got the inclination that Danville might be getting an SPHL team. Uh, that's when the Dashers yep. meeting was happened. Um, I think caused a stir by... No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to ignore that. Uh, I made a very strongly worded tweet to the David S. Palmer Arena saying, "Hey, I think you're breaking a law here. Let the meeting open, guys." Uh, and then magically, that meeting got delayed, and mm. um, and then it became a Zoom meeting because that was peak, like start of COVID. So, I, I have to. I don't know if there's a recording still out there. Um, but that was, I remember seeing it. I think I remember watching it. Yeah. Cause I think everyone watched it live. I, I think basically all of us, cause we were kind of yeah. bored and we were just watching it. Uh, everyone, we were all enthralled with it. Yeah. yeah because like, that was a soap opera at the time behind the scenes. It was crazy. Uh, but that happened. The, the fed was called a Bush league. That was an interesting quote. And the reaction behind the scenes was lovely. Was that mentioned? Was that said that was said by someone there at the arena, right? That, that was by the board. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the day the Dashers were not happy with that comment, especially after the extension was given. And basically, everyone knew this was probably one last season. Then the SPHL teams kind of come in. Then um, COVID happened. Yeah. Well, everyone thought COVID. That's when everyone thought COVID was going to be like three months, and then we're done. But still, um, then Dashers never played again, of course. And then Bobcats came in uh, March 2021. In fact, we actually have a date. Uh, uh, this at least, yeah, dated March, March 17th. March 21st, right? No, March 17th, yeah. yes. And we actually, for those who, who are coming along thinking, okay, well, hot shots, what's the, what's their source on this? The entire lease was a is a part of this filing. We literally have every bit of inf- We have the entire Vermilion County lease that it, that is now in our hands. We did not have to ask around. We, we It's not like, oh, you can view it for a couple seconds and you can flip through it. No, I can go through and look at Vermilion County's lease anytime I want. And by the way, for anyone who's interested in this stuff, any potential team owners, this is a pretty boilerplate lease for an SPHL team. I haven't seen anything that stands out crazy to me. Christy, have you seen anything that looks super off for a team uh, in this, uh, looking through it at all? Um, not that I can see. I'm not great with the legal legal jargon, so I'll leave that to you. Yeah, I, I, it's. Do you mean like some of the incidents? Do, do you mean some of the incidents? Oh no, no, I'm talking talk about just the that. lease, like as as the lease. Oh no, everything. no, yeah, yeah. This is a pretty boilerplate no. lease, and so I I have to say that if you if for any potential team owners, seriously, go find this filing. Um, it's it's literally linked in the news article with the when if this first became public. And go look at the lease if you like want to become a team owner because it's really it's basically all you'll need to know. Um, so that's out there. Now, but by the way, can I mention this? Yeah. I think 
they're they've already been practicing and stuff. They've already like they've been practicing the Bobcat Sav, and the ice is already set there. So they're gonna play. I think this is, and we'll talk about it as we go around what we think this is for. for. Yeah. So again, remember this 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 filing is right now dated to August twenty sixth. So keep that an eye on that. So. Uh, nature of the action, basically, this is uh, kind of Vermillion County going through, explaining uh, their grievances. I'm not going to go through a lot of this because it's kind of small and there's not a lot of details in this. So we're moving into parties. That's basically, you know, okay, like, again, Bobcats versus David S. Palmer Arena and simplified. Jurisdiction and venue, basically explaining why this should be in Vermillion County. And then this is the fun part. Factual allegations. This is when we really get into the good stuff. So, basically they explain what the team is. And they explain kind of, okay, here's our first problems. So, the the arena being an issue has been something since day one. Chris, you can confirm this. I mean, It's been an issue since the, uh, since the Dashers. Yeah. I mean, even for the Dashers, I, I think a lot of people kind of... Threw that under the rug because, oh, well, fed, haha. Uh, but I think we're now kind of starting to see it's been a problem for a while. Would you agree on that? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so that's why there wasn't hockey there for, for 10 years, for eight years when the, when the wings left. Yeah. I, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So we kind of get a, we finally get the true reasoning um, for why that game was postponed. I know there's a lot of people who thought, oh, it was bad ownership. No, it was confirmed it was the ice. It was said, okay, we, we just got to push it back and we have to look at this. So I'm right now looking at paragraph, um, where am I? Yes, uh, 17, paragraph 17. It's on page six. So I just want just to talk about quickly how long this lawsuit has been uh, kind of on the table. Thought about? Yes. Yeah. Accessed March 27th, 2020. That, that It's basically a citation saying, at the time that we put this into this filing, this was on this date. So in case there's been any changes. This has been sitting around since March. Um, again, so now then they go into the Zamboni. Chris, you remember when we first caught this, I think it was one of the first uh, Bobcats home games. What did we notice? They had the Dashers logos all over, and we realized yep. it was the old Zamboni. Had, yep, they still had the Fairfield University stag, which is basically with the Danville logo on the Zamboni. Mm-hmm. And so, this is crazy. I mean, how on Okay, just okay. This is paragraph eighteen. The arena has also failed to provide a Zamboni in good repair, as called by the lease, because among other defects, the Zamboni used at the venue during relevant time frame is dated and out of repair having been first acquired in 1997. Can you think of a place that uses a Zamboni from 1997 that's, like, like you know, considered good in the Fedder SP? I can't think of one. No. Um, Watertown's ice is good. I've heard that. Watertown's yeah, but, like, good ice. but, like, they, they you know, they, uh, it sounds like they actually take care of theirs. Uh, it's not consistently maintained right. by the arena, does not have a functioning starter, has tires which have not been changed in Ooh. the last five years, does not have proper studs on the tire to maintain a grip on the ice, has dull blades which needs to be sharpened, 
does not have clean and operable conditioner towels, has a malfunctioning tire washing component, and is not operated by Arena employees. That's an entire thing by itself. So, paragraph 19, they basically talk about this, um, you know, how it's kind of needed, and there was a a new uh, Zamboni that was ordered, came in in October, had a bunch of issues. So they had to send it back and said, hey, fix this up for us. And then, according, and again, this is paragraph 19, they kind of, um, I, I, I kind of, I, I don't know how to say this, it kind of, the, this is one issue I have, I have with the filing. They kind of gloss over this and then come back to it randomly later. Um, the arena has falsely represented that it will hire a third party to train its employees to operate the new Zamboni. However, no such training has been scheduled as of the filing of this admitted complaint. So again, that's August. So, yeah, that's insane. And and just I want to this this just keeps piling and piling on. I want people to realize I am one of the people who I, I was most guilty of this. I kind of really went too hard on the Bobcats organization. I will be one of the first to admit it. If I, I, because guess what? I was kind of lazy when it came to like looking if the arena was causing problems because it's really easy to just say, right. oh, well, brand new management. Of course, there's going to be issues. Ha ha. Look at, look, you know, the team that took away the Dashers. It's their issues now. And then we, we really should, I, I, I'll say this, I really should have probably been a lot more, I should have figured this out a lot quicker. Um, and then paragraph 20. Even after the filing of the original complaint, the arena has cavalry floated its most basic obligation to provide the Bobcats with a hockey rink. Per saying of section uh, yeah, 6 of the lease, the arena agrees that I shall be available from January 1st to June 30th and August 3rd, uh, excuse me, 15th to, August, to December 31st of each calendar year. So very simple, you know. All right, ice is needed this many, you know, this dates. Despite this straightforward requirement, the ice was not available on August 15th as promised and will not be available according to the arena's latest projections until September 13th, 2022. Now, I want to bring this back. How many fans could we not tell about, like, the ice issues? Because, like, everyone was talking about how, what, why isn't, you know, the Bobcats signing anybody? What's going on here? You know, where's all the signings? I mean, yeah, <laughs> that, that, was, that was their issue. We they can tell no you what, all this stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I've known at least about 75% of this stuff since June, I want to say. What about you? I've known there's been issues since when the team started. Yeah. Because um, I, had, I had some inside sources there, and pe- people who know me may know who those inside sources are. But, yeah, it just... Uh, okay, um, now we get into the fun and interesting stuff. So, the arena has failed to protect the ice during non-ice events hosted at the venue. Now, I want to go into something here first real quick. Um, where is it? Uh, it was number... This is page... Here we go. Paragraph 35. Uh, I want to kind of... I'm skipping forward a bit, then we're going to come back. The arena has handled Bobcat's team property in an abusive and damaging matter. Upon removing the ice, the, the upon removing the ice following the conclusion of the 2021-22 hockey season, the arena haphazardly decided to store the Bobcats' specialized logos outside in a parking lot 
where they were found damaged through exposure to rain, dirt, and mechanical fluid. The team logos, which were delicate and expensive, were wadded up in bunches and left near the garbage dumpster as if they were trash. I'm going to come back to this, but you, you've seen the pictures, right? At least uh, the ones... Yes, I have. Okay, I, so... saw, I, saw them, I saw them a couple months ago. Yeah, okay, yeah. Then uh, I, I saw... Let's see. I saw one of them. It was... I saw two or three. Yeah, we didn't see as many. I saw number... I want to say the one on page 44 is similar, uh, and the one that includes the Midnight logo. And just to, just to describe these pictures, I posted one of them on my Twitter yesterday when this finally came out. These, imagine, okay, everyone thinks that the, the Mid-Ice logos are painted. There sometimes are, like, little extras, but these are basically some parts. Some that have, like, little, like, little jobs that are painted, but these are, like, complete sheets. Yeah, they, they basically imagine them as tarps that are basically pulled over for the ice and they'll show through the ice. And they are destroyed. Like, this is crazy. Like, how... Like, I, this is something where I'm like, even if you go and explain, hey, uh, this is very expensive. What are you doing? Like, this is crazy. Again, there's rust. Um, I don't see anyone with the oil stains. They might have taken that one out. But it's just... Imagine if it's you're taking... bad. Yeah, that, like, and they're not cheap. I've heard that it's around five thousand for small ones, so who imagine who knows what the big ones cost? Right. So, and then of course they have. Um, I'm not. Sure, I think that's the um, the boards for the ice, not like the dasher boards. But I'm talking about like the um, underneath boards, uh, Exhibit B. Okay, let's move back into paragraph. By the 25. way, real real quick, uh, the fir- first period over in um, Motor City. Prowler was up one nothing at the time of recording. All right. All right. So, uh, after exhibit C, when the logos were finally brought back inside after an objection raised by the Bobcats, they were laid in the stands instead of properly folded or safely and safely stored away. Upon information and belief, the arena and Dunnigan, let me, because uh, I don't think we got into this name yet. This is Joe Dunnigan, the yep. former uh, arena manager at David S. Palmer Arena. He was fired in September. Um, or August, really. And now I'm of the belief that is that is in connection to this filing. Have recklessly damaged the Bobcats' property as retribution for the complaint being filed. As a result of the arena's content, the Bobcats had to purchase new logos for the 2022-2023 uh, season. And then, talk uh, more about ice. That's near the end, but I, I just want to come back to that. Um... Where is the meeting? Here we go. Paragraph 27. Again, this this filing is a little jumpy when it comes to timelines. I wish they kind of... Yeah. It's probably better for a court of law, but as a journalist, I'm just... As I'm reading it. Uh, paragraph 27. On October 1st, 2021, for example, a meeting was held at Danville Mayor Ricky William... J- I'm sorry. I don't... I'm sorry. Every time I see his name, all I can think about is Ricky Bobby from Delgan and Knight. I can think of Ricky Williams, like you know, Ricky Williams, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the the football player. Yeah, just it's just one of those things where every time you read it, I just start laughing because I think of Ricky Bobby. Uh, office concerning the arena's process for flipping the ice during none events. So basically, changing over, putting having like an event over the ice. The participants yep. included Tully, Ellen Tully, Bobcats main owner. 
in the Bobcats front office, the arena's general manager, Joe Dunnigan, SPHL commissioner, Doug Price, and various arena board members. During the meeting, Dunnigan promised that he would train a crew to flip the ice and keep it covered during non-ice events, including specifically covering the ice with uh, a layer of homostate, uh, basically a board, a five millimeter sheet of plastic, uh, plastic and rolled pieces of uh, yep. carpet, which were approved. However, despite promising to train employees to implement the approved ice maintenance procedure, the arena failed to apply the procedure on even one occasion. And as a consequence, the condition of the ice after non-ice events has been damaged and unsuitable for the Bobcats to play hockey on. I mean, isn't that crazy? Like, yeah, that that's that, that's unheard of. It's crazy, and it's and it, the, the reading stuff like this makes me really mad because this is how you have a town like blacklisted from all leagues is just having, and this is like forever blacklisted. Not like we'll come back in ten years. It's yeah, we're not touching this town again if you have arena management like this. Could you imagine if Danbury had something like this happen? Do you think hockey would ever come back? Yes, because people are people are crazy here. Well, that's okay. Let me take away Dan, Danbury then. Um, what about somewhere like Delaware? Delaware, yeah. That's Delaware, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, that, not happening. Plus, especially with that arena, not happening. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Twenty-eight. The false promise made by Dunnigan in the mayor's office is just one example of falsehoods by him and others associated with the arena. But before and after the, the filing of the original complaint, to pay lip service to the objections raised by the Bobcats about the arena's failure to honor its covenants in the lease, including on and about August 5th, 2022, the arena misrepresented when the ice would be installed by initially claiming it would be ready by August 20th, 2022, five days after the lease required. So the Bobcats could have like really like said, okay, you're breaking our lease by not having the ice by five days. And then they were like, okay, you know what? Five-day grace period, you can, we can get away with that. Fine. Only to later admit that the ice would not, will not actually be ready until September 13th, 2022. And between June and August 2022, the arena stated that Zamboni operation training had been scheduled for the employees, when in fact no training has ever been scheduled. Isn't that... Oh, that is bad. Imagine that just is little, really like, bad. Like, okay, I'm not trying to like dunk on anybody, but just like imagine Rain. But imagine you're some dude who who needs a job, right? Yeah. You need a job, and this is no disrespect again, but you need a job, and you have to drive a Zamboni, a very high high tech kind of, very expensive, and a very um, hard to drive thing, and there's no training, so you have to learn how to drive this thing, which has all these different buttons, and then use it. Yeah, and each well, ice, people have and to ice get, is have a little to different. Use it. Yeah. yeah, right. The, the, people have to use like it one, because it's, it's. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's hard. Yeah, um, so I'm not going to go through anything. Um, oh I, no, I do want to talk about paragraph 29. The attempt to lead the Bobcats on through false and reckless statements has been neither isolated nor without consequence. False promises are the arena's automatic reaction to the Bobcats' complaints about the dilapidated conditions and mismanagement at the venue. Upon information and belief, these false promises are part of a scheme by the arena's management and the arena board members to keep the Bobcats, the arena's anchor tenant, paying rent and signing up sponsors from which the arena financially benefits as opposed to vacating the venue in front of an 
for in favor of another better run sports arena. Oh, yeah, that was that's kind of some fire that's uh, being spat. Uh, well, playing. there's no other arena in Danville, and where can you build one? Like, where yeah. can you build one? Um, uh, whoever wrote this at Fox Swimble Eleven and Carol LLP, uh, that was some fire in paragraph twenty nine. I have to say, if you guys are listening to this, well done. Um, do you want to go in and talk about the um, <clears throat> the, the um, the poop issue? <laughs> You're just uh, no, I mean, I, I never heard. I, I, I've never heard about it. Oh, you're, you're you're talking about the most prevalent issue that everyone has talked about, including me. When when I first got the, uh, <clears throat> I totally d- didn't receive photos from every anybody and did talk about them on the show. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, that's that's because we like Ellen. By the way, El- Ellen is awesome. We'll just say that Ellen's a really nice person. Yes. Uh, uh yeah. Again, she she's gone a lot of a, a flack for. Uh, something that yep. was not. She's, she's gone through a lot. Yeah. Yep. Um. Where is where's that article? Uh, paragraph. I mean, where is? Do I have to do I have to type in? Oh, okay. I. I'm, I'm having to type in a word that I don't want to repeat on this show. Sewage. Oh, there we go. I just went said it. Sewage. 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 Where's okay? Here we go. Here we go. Paragraph twenty three. Um. Okay. It's basically before this. The this has been another issue. No heat, or it's been basically super cold in the locker rooms. Uh, every player can confirm this. It's just there's no heat, and it's bad. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Okay, 23. The arena has also, on at least four occasions, caused our allowed sewage and fecal matter to seep up from under walls and flooring, as well as to flow <laughs> up from drains into the Bobcats locker rooms and front office. The sewage damaged yeah. the newly installed carpet and rubber flooring carpet, and has left a strong smell and residual evidence of human waste. <laughs> In a particularly embarrassing event, <laughs> referees from Bobcats game had to change while standing on chairs as the carpet in the team's offices were soiled, <laughs> and the players had to change and shower at their respective homes. The arena, through Dunnigan and otherwise, has consistently promised to correct the uh, seepage issue, but has never taken the meaningful steps to do so. All while the Bobcats pay full rent for their use out of the venue. Upon uh, information and belief, the foregoing conditions run afoul of the biblical health codes. <laughs> um, and then what's about 24 real quick? And I think that's it, yeah. Uh, the, the unacceptable, embarrassing, and imperiling conditions of the Bobcats locker room have become common knowledge around the SPHL League. That's very true. <laughs> Upon information and belief, the inability to provide clean, secure, comfortable locker rooms and reliable ice has caused players to forgo playing for the Bobcats and has damaged the um, Bobcats' uh, reputation around the league. This is true. I know of um, a player from one team who was traded to the Vermillion County Bobcats retired, and then drove back home instead of playing for the Bobcats. So this is a completely true statement. I do that. Yeah. In addition to the foregoing, the locker rooms have been consistently been the targets of thefts. Oh, I did not know about this. Hold on. Notwithstanding the fact that such places... Wait, what? Yeah, this is new. I, I, I guess I kind of skipped over this part. In addition to the foregoing, the locker rooms have been consistently been the targets of theft. Notwithstanding the fact that such spaces keep had protected with such codes only known by a handful of Bobcat staff, uh-oh, as such, the arena has consistently felt to secure this space 
and likewise has failed to provide even basic cleaning and restocking of locker room toilets with toilet paper, notwithstanding for the fact that these bathrooms are used by publics, the public on days in which the venue is not used by the Bobcats. This complaint draws specific attention to these more minor, minor failings to illustrate the sheer multitude of defaults committed by the arena under the lease. I mean, that this is just insanity. Bad. Yeah. It, look, I, I think after what had happened with the Dashers and they thought, oh, it's a Bush League. Oh, things are going to get better. They didn't like that the... First off, this is all a ploy for them to make money, and now it's turned backwards because yeah. now the Bobcats see where the issues are, and they want they ask for a lot because they're in a very good league in the SPHL, and you need more than what you had with the Dashers by far. You need a lot more. Mm-hmm. I mean, you need to, uh, you know, it sounds like the team was putting in every – again, we were technically reading this from the league side. We know a lot – we – we figured yep. a lot of this is true, so I'm 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 more inclined to believe the league. I mean, excuse me, the team on this than the arena. But like brand new installed carpeting ruined by sewage. Like, what kind of arena allows that to happen? Like, you know, there you also know that their locker room is on the second floor. They have to go downstairs yeah. for a locker room. Yeah, like that's another thing. Like, and just uh, this is it's unacceptable. And, so is Danbury, but uh, yeah. so is Danbury, but you know. But that gets a pass because you're a fan. But still, uh, well, they also have a nice locker room. That's but. true. Yes, and it's unaffected by sewage. Okay, okay. Let's go ahead and let's you go and talk about the uh, Facebook posts that were posted by the Bobcats. Yes. Today. Yes, the Bobcats. I guess Ellen posted this. So frequently asked questions for the 2022-23 season for the Bobcats. Will the season – and this also comes after yesterday's um, yesterday's article coming out with this lawsuit that we've that some of us have known of for a while. Yeah. As of right – will the season opener take place scheduled? Because it said that it was in jeopardy. As of right now, the first home game is still scheduled for October 21st at 7 p.m. Central Time against Birmingham. Okay, let me interrupt up you to right the here. arena right. operators. Yes, yep. I, I, I want to interrupt. There was a report going around by uh, a Facebook page – that the season, uh, excuse me, the, the Vermilion County Bobcats were folding. This is not true. Yeah. Not sure why not this true. was posted. The team is playing as usual at the moment. And I'm going to explain what I think that why this um, lawsuit was made public in a bit. So go ahead. So, and I know why. The, the, it's up to the arena operators, Vermilion County Metropolitan Expedition Auditorium and Office Building Authority. That's a lot to say. To ensure the ice is ready for play and the arena is ready for fans. Why did the team file a lawsuit? So here's why. The ice conditions have consistently been unready for game days and practice over the last year. And the arena's management, the you know Metropolitan Exposition Auditorium and Office Building Authority, continues to fail to meet its obligations to properly maintain the ice. Side note, this is what we just talked about with yeah. everything there. As well as the arena facilities. Because of the board's continued neglect, case in point, and failure to act, we felt a lawsuit was the only way to resolve these operational issues in a timely fashion in order to protect players and fans. So, what happens now? We will fulfill our obligations in our lease. Is it two years? Is it a two-year lease? Uh, no, it's a three-year lease, so it, it ends May 31st, So, so they got two more years, at least. Yeah. 
So it, they fulfill the obligation of the leasing and continue to pay their rent, which I hear they are paying their rent. Put out a team and play the best hockey we can. Well, I hope the best is the best they can. Yes. Um, as long as the arena and management can provide a safe and healthy environment to do so. What do you want to happen at the arena? We want new management that has experience running arenas and facilitating hockey games. It is important to have staff on site that knows how to properly clean and resurface ice and know how to staff and run concessions and customer service operations. Now, let me interrupt again Ultimately, here. Ultimately, we, we talk- want to... Oh, sorry. Well, we kind of skipped over this with the lawsuit. Like, there were issues with um, the box office. There was issues with concessions. Uh, I, I talked about concessions when uh, Magically got pictures. It, that totally on a different show. But that's, that, that again, that's why they're talking about that. Yeah. Now, now the final couple paragraphs. Ultimately, we want to further invest the team and this community for the long term. But that starts with a properly run arena. Can I have a refund? Hopefully you stick with us as we work through these operations. We are committed to playing a full season. I hope you'll come out to watch our games. Don't, don't penalize the players for the neglect by the Vermilion County Metropolitan Expedition Auditorium and the Office Building Authority. Yes. Now, can I just say my question is, how do the other teams feel about that? About this? Do you, have you heard from any other teams about them going into Danville and absolutely hating it? So are you talking about last season or this upcoming season? Last season, and then in some cases, possibly this upcoming season. Okay, so for last wanna... season, I knew it was basically the most dreaded road trip. I know basically okay. that everyone hated going there because of problems. I, I know from my understanding, the sewage smell was basically, if you were in a locker room, it was there. And so like people would change right. like in the bus, or they would change outside. And that Home was... Home dressers. Oh, home yes. dressers. <laughs> and so that that was that was uh, a thing. Uh, I know that you know there was some ice concern issues. Also, I know uh, this is just from what I heard from one play, one player. So this could have been fixed in the next go round with the Zamboni if they were lucky enough. There was apparently a huge like cut in the ice where like there, there was concern hmm. that there was going to be an ankle twist. You know, you know what I'm talking about when there's a gash big enough and right. skate gets caught. Yeah, so. That was that was an issue, so it, it, it that that was the that was probably the, just the biggest problem. It was just everything that yeah. the dashers couldn't, excuse me, not the dashers, but the bobcats couldn't do. They were kind of blamed for. Uh, for this upcoming season, wow. I know that that they they told that they were going to try to get the, some stuff fixed up. Uh, and again, a lot of teams are now a lot more sympathetic to the situation now that they know. Because now they know it's not the Bobcats' fault. It's yeah. the fault of the city and the county. Yeah, they they can't do anything because, well, how how can they how can they fix something that they technically have no control over? So, I know players are probably still not going to like it uh, unless that these problems are fixed quickly, and hopefully that they, they are. I would love for this to happen, uh, but you know. I think everyone's. I think. I, I think we can basically admit now. I, I think. I think everyone's kind of wondering what's going to happen past twenty twenty four, and you know, yeah. what, what's going to be the afterwards for that. And will Will hockey ever come back? Dan, professional hockey ever come back to Danville? Will At there be point, a new arena? There's all these questions. 
if the if the there's a new private arena and it fits the people, probably. But if if it's still owned by the city at this point, and if it's still people, same people around, or at least people that were okay with it, no, um, barring some kind of big change. So that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the issue. Now there's also a second post. Um, they basically this is kind of more of just a statement um, and kind of a call for action also at the same time. So this is posted by the Bobcats. I want to say probably like minutes apart. Uh, I don't have timestamps. Hold on. 10, 12 a.m. my time. So that's CST. 10, 20, 10 minutes apart. So to our fans, players are arriving this week and gearing up. We are eager to kick off the second season of Bobcats hockey in Danville, but we need your help. The first home game is currently scheduled for Friday, October 21st at 7 p.m. CST against the Birmingham Bulls. Tell the stupid long name that they could have just said, operators of the David S. Palmer Arena, that they need to fulfill their obligations to provide a safe, hospitable arena for players and fans. Tell them that you want fully stocked and staff and clean concession stands. Tell them that you want clean, safe eyes for the players. Tell them that you want your ticket proceeds and the taxpayers' dollars that fund this arena to be put forward creating a safe, fun environment for fans of the teams. We're practicing as we speak and getting ready for game day. Can you speak up for us to be sure the arena is ready too? Send them a message here and the Vermilion County Bobcats. So they're getting the fans involved now. I mean, I have to, I haven't, I tried to stay out of this affair because I've been asked to a couple times, so I agreed to that. And, you know, I, I kind of been wanting to just watch this from afar a little bit. It, it, part of me wonders a little bit if there's still some problems going on, which I, I am not exactly a fan of the arena doing. I mean, that's a that's basically a call for action post. So what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think it is, you know, a call for action post. Mm. It's... I'm, I'm interested. It's bad. It's yeah. it's really it's really bad. I by the way, uh, I have the last board meeting that they have posted on Davis Palmer Arena uh, web page. There's one from August 31st. They do not reference this lawsuit, which is interesting. They have not posted the September meeting yet, and I'm interested to see what's going to happen with the October meeting. So I'm going to be watching that and seeing what happens. But, I mean, I guess, kind of, what's your thoughts? I've been doing a lot of the talking. What's your thoughts, basically, on, you know, what what's what's every, what's your thoughts on just this entire situation? It's not good. Um, you know, there definitely could be things that could, could be could have been prevented. We've, we've talked about it, you know, time on time off air about, and now that we know that it is not, you know, it is not what's it called. It's not um, the Bobcats' fault. It's not the team's fault. Yeah, it's not the Bobcats' fault. Well, at least we knew this before, but now that the whole world knows it's not the Bobcats' fault, I think it would just make things easier at some point. Yeah, but let me let me say also, this is not you know we're not giving uh, a free hall pass for the Bobcats. You know if they're going to try to. You know, you know, kind of scoop out everything. I mean, you know, the criticisms of two-way street, uh, street. So again, you know, show what the arena is doing wrong, and we'll, we'll, you know, talk about the arena. But it just, it really sucks. I know. I just really feel bad for Danville hockey fans because to have 
the Dashers basically being kicked out for petty reasons. Now you have what's going on with the Bobcats. Uh, I mean, this is good luck if this thing goes to trial with the arena. I've, I've heard some wild predictions for people from people inside the league, and I'm not going to say I'm here, but it's crazy. They they, they think the Bobcats could get some yeah. crazy stuff out of it. But, um, I mean, just I'm, I'm really interested to see uh, how this season's going to go forward for Vermillion County because I don't know how the arena doesn't react without, and based on the previous history, without doing something that's underhanded and dirty because that's it yeah. sounds like that's been their uh, MO for handling everything, which really is disappointing and just straight up immature from how the arena is. I mean, have you seen an arena ever like mistreat a team like this? No, yeah. I have. I don't think I ever have. I mean, usually it's the other way around. It's usually the team's the issue, but yeah. It, it, now it's completely different. It's actually not 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 the team's fault, which is again super weird saying. But uh, here we are. So, I guess final thoughts for uh, everything going on uh, just before we kind of wrap this up because. Uh, yeah. Hockey starts, man. It's just yeah. excited. Hockey's back. <laughs> it is. Um, at the moment, we're, we're wrapping this up. Uh, second period's going for Motor City Rockers versus Port Huron Prowlers. Uh, their still, power play's awful. I mean, they're, they're, their power have, play can't even get team, anything which going. Which team? Ah, you gotta, Motor you City. Oh, oh, wow. Motor City. Mm. Yeah. I, uh, by the way, who started? I, I, I don't know, man. Checked. But ba- uh, Babin's playing well, though. Okay, Babin, so Babin. Babin's okay. playing well in goal. Yep. So, all right. No, no. Tra- Travis on the bench, but they did make sure in the broadcast to mention five seconds in that Travis on the team. <laughs> Got to promote that baby. So. Got to get those clicks. Okay. He is a, he is a YouTuber. Yeah, you got you got you got to put that all together. All right. Uh, well, I think got that, a good crowd there though. Good crowd. Yeah, they do. Like seriously. Um, thirteen hundred is the number I'm hearing. Ooh, that's really good. I think that's a uh, four thousand seat arena. That's good for for what what the expectations expectations yeah. have been. For yeah, me. I was I was hearing nine hundred where people were expecting. So thirteen hundred is a really good number. And again, Thursday night game, that's a you know you know that's a bit of a downer. A lot of kids so, there. Yeah. Okay. Well, on the, on that note, uh, I've been the minor league rando. I've been, of course, joined by Christian Gardecki. Where can everyone find you, Chris? C A G Hockey on Twitter. Um, you know where to find me on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. But uh, next week, Mark is back. We're going to have the SBHL preview. Mark is back. And we just received some breaking news about an SBHL team possibly not ending after this season. Not these guys, but another team. Ooh, so, hang on. Wait, is that private? Tuned. or? Okay, hang on. I... Oh, yeah, we'll, oh. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Ooh, okay. Oh, I just I saw that. Ooh. Well, I guess we'll have to talk about that next week if we can. All right. Yep. Yes, because it's Mark's backyard. So yes. All right. I'll get. I'll, I'll let that. I'll let that be. All right. Well, once again, I've been the Meyer League Rando. You can find me on Twitter at Meyer League Rando. It's very simple. Just type that in. Give me a follow. You'll know when talking uh, minors with the Rando happens. New two minutes, roughing episodes, and more. So that is it. Once again, we shall see you next week again, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>